0: that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Stephen Keyes has been teaching for 22 years and has been the band director at Bondurant Middle School in Frankfort, Kentucky since 2012. He received his Bachelor of Music from the University of Kentucky Masters of Arts from George Mason University, and completed the requirements for his teaching certificate at Western Kentucky University. Stephen is a Google-certified educator levels one and two, Google-certified trainer, and an Apple teacher. He has presented EdTech sessions on a national level, including the National Association for Music Education Conference, Technology and Music Education Conference, the Kentucky Society for Educational Technology, the International Society for Education Technology, and state music education conferences across the United States. You can follow Stephen on Twitter at at the Stephen Keys. It is my great pleasure to welcome Stephen to our podcast. I'm very excited in this week's podcast to welcome Stephen Keys. Uh, Stephen, I'm pretty sure we've met. You do a lot of conferences and you're a big music tech uh, evangelist. Um, but uh, one of our uh, our our music first reps met you a couple of weeks ago, Robin Hodson, and said, "Jim, you have to interview this guy right now." Uh, so, Stephen, welcome to the podcast. It's really great to speak with you. Listen, I'm excited to be here. I've like uh,
1: I've listened to many of the podcasts that you put out and the educators that you've had on there have been just amazing. And so for me, it's just an honor to be even associated with uh, those type of people. Uh, they've been just great podcasts.
0: Oh, I really appreciate that. And I'm sure they do too. Now, um, a couple of quick things. You're, you're, you and I are both fellow tuba players. Yes. Uh, we're both music tech people, Star Wars fans. I was a middle school band director. So we have so much in common. I'm just absolutely uh, thrilled to hear um, what you're doing with music tech in your school. So why don't we get started um, by you telling us about your music pro- program at Bondurant Middle School there in Frankfort, Kentucky.
1: Okay, well Bondurant Middle School is uh, grade six through eight. We have roughly 700 students in the school. Um, currently I've got 240 kids in the band program. Uh, there's 120 kids, give or take in the choir program. We also offer um, a piano class, uh, music appreciation and a a general arts and humanities uh, course uh, at the school. I will say this, that I am also blessed with wonderful administration and staff that works well uh, with each other and with the band program. And so I'm just kind of, it's turned into me just a, a true, true dream job.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, what you just said about administration being supportive and and your fellow faculty, that is, whenever I talk to young music educators, and they're like, what's your advice, I always say, don't be afraid to move around until you find that sweet spot. Yes. Um, because I'm sure that everyone listening knows that, you know, if you're in a school that doesn't appreciate you, and more importantly, doesn't appreciate the arts and music specifically, it it really becomes kind of a tough place. So you lucked out. I'm really happy to hear that.
1: Well, another good part though, Jim, is my assistant principal has a minor in tuba. Oh my goodness. And (laughs) he was actually in the Bondert bands when he was coming up. I wasn't his director, but he was, he was in the band program. He's been in the room. He knows the program. And then our new principal that we hired uh, last year about this time, uh, she's a saxophone player. So awesome. they kind of understand, whereas a lot of administrators really don't have a clue what happens inside the band room.
0: Wow, that is a dream gig. And <laughs> yeah, it is. Now now you said something, did I hear you say there are 240 kids in the band? Yes. Now, how many grade levels is that? And there are they, why don't you talk about, is it all one band or the multiple levels? We have uh,
1: sixth grade. We start our beginners in sixth grade. Um, and most years, we have a woodwind class and then a separate class for brass and percussion because it's really, for me, it's really important to get those kids started off right. And they require such different things. And so we try to divide the sixth graders up that way. Uh, this year, we are all in the same room. That just, oh it just happened to be a scheduling, um, issue this year, but hopefully we'll get that back next year. And then we have, um, a uh, uh, seventh grade band and an eighth grade band. Uh, this year, we're trying something new. Um, we, have mixed ins- we have mixed grades. And so I've got a symphonic band, which is the upper kids in both uh, seventh and eighth grade. And then I've got a concert band, which are the other kids in seventh and eighth grade. And so we have roughly three bands, a sixth grade band, seventh grade band, and eighth grade band, but we're able to adjust and mix things up because of the schedule.
0: That's so um f- first of all, I know this has nothing to do with music tech, but I'm just always fascinated with the pedagogical slant on the so in your district st- um students don't start instruments until sixth grade is that right That's right so where I'm from, on the East Coast, like New York metro area, you know fourth grade, those kids are in band, you know honking away and i I started my career as an elementary band director i I could do it for one year, and I didn't have the patience with those first, you know, honk, honk kind of yeah. thing. Um, what, what is your slant? Cause I don't know if you've, you, you, I'm sure you've taught in other, other uh, schools in your career, but um, what is your take on starting them in sixth grade? What's the advantage to it? I know it has nothing to do with music tech.
1: Well, for us, that's how it's always been. Okay, um, I'm a product of this, this district. And so I was able to come home a few years ago and kind of teach in my home district, not at my home oh, school, wow, but it's, right. it's always, it's always been um, started in sixth grade. Uh, I have taught in schools where I've started kids in fifth grade and they're with, for us at the elementary school level, if we were to do it, we wouldn't see the kids every day. Right. We would see them every so often. And so by starting them in sixth grade, yeah, they're a little you know, we, we have we have schools around us that start in fourth and fifth grade, and some of our kids may think they're two years behind, but because they're getting that daily instruction, uh, they they move pretty quick, and they catch on, um, and so, I mean, my little sixth graders this year have done really, really well, considering that there's 75 of them, 80 of them in one room. That's
0: amazing, and so it's not a pull-out program like we do. No. Um Oh, Wow. So they're getting it every single day, they're bringing their instruments, they're accountable, they're responsible, and it's a graded, it's a graded class. Well,
1: it, it is a graded class and they are held accountable. Um, and yes, they bring their horns most days. Uh, <laughs> occasionally you'll have a couple of kids who uh, forget it and they'll forget they have band that day. Um, but we, we try to address those as we go. It's not a huge issue. Um, I know like last week I was out with the flu on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And so today we had to restart a few things since the new semester just to remind them, but yeah, it's a graded class. It's, um, our elective classes at Bondurant do count toward them, um, matriculating on to the next grade. Um, if they, if they were to get an F in band, it could keep them from moving on. And so, but for the most part, if, if a kid's in band, they want to learn to play. They want to play. And so, yeah, they bring their stuff and they're pretty gung-ho about it. On I mean, days that we don't play, they're, they're disappointed. And that makes me happy.
0: <laughs> it, that, it really, I mean, the, the whole reason I, I left teaching full stop or teaching middle school, I should say, is because it was not graded. Um, and it was you know before school twice a week at seven o five a m and there was you know the pull out program if the kid had homework, if they didn 't want to miss class i didn 't see them, so it was like trying to herd cats at all times, and it really burned you out quick or burned right. you out. I could see uh, how it would, yes yeah, so the other parts of your music program, I heard you mention a piano class, uh, a music tech class and a, and a music appreciation class. Is that for kids who aren't in band or choir orchestra? Is that open to everyone?
1: It's open to everyone. I have, um, this year I'm not teaching music technology. We have another teacher, um, a former choir teacher, who is, there. they do the piano lab and the music history and uh, the general music class. Right. Um, but I have kids in band who also take those classes. Uh, as a matter of fact, The piano teacher loves it because they come in already knowing a few things and they're able to put the skills to use in it. And it really, them learning the piano, and it's a basic piano class. It's starting from, you know, putting your hand in home position and going. Um, It really does help their ear when they come back to band. Absolutely. um, Having to play all that. But yeah, um, the, the philosophy of the administration is that if a kid really and truly wants to learn music, they're going to be in band and choir. Uh, unfortunately, we don't. You know, some kids can't afford an instrument, or they feel that they can't afford an instrument. And I try not to let uh, things like finances stand in the way. Right. Um, so they really emphasize if you want to learn music and you want to study music, sign up for band or choir. But they also have the option to do the other classes as well.
0: That's great. So I'm going to move uh, into the the world of tech, and and uh, you know, again, kindred spirit, I'm sure. I, I w- I'd love to hear about how you got started with music tech, and how you brought it into your teaching?
1: Well, it was purely by accident. Um, three, three or four years ago, our district sent an email out asking for volunteers to get on a technology committee to help teachers learn educational technology. And if you were selected for the committee, they were going to give you a, a free laptop to use. And my current laptop was 10 years old. So I said, I'm going to go ahead and apply for this because I need a laptop. I wasn't thinking at all that they were going to put a band director on that committee. Uh, but they ended up putting two of us on there. And so right. it was, it was kind of cool. And then they sent us to the um, ISTE conference in San Antonio.
0: Oh, wow. All right. That's, uh, mean, that's was, like going to the circus. That's amazing. Oh,
1: listen, it, it, that conference has ruined me for every other conference that I go to. Yeah. And then as I was walking around ISTE, I started seeing all these great tools that were out there for every other subject, um, things that math teachers could do and s- social studies and science. And I was just, I was blown away and I st- really sat down and started to think, okay, how can I bring technology into my band program? And so I really started looking at things and trying to find things. I know at that uh, ISTE conference, I did run into um, to find folks at Note and yep. Soundtrap. And they were tickled because they were said, I remember John Malaznik, when I met him, he was like finally a music person. Because exactly. at, big conferences, at big conferences like that, music people usually don't go. They're going to state music conferences or places like Midwest, and you don't really come across a lot of music people at technology conferences.
0: It's sadly true. I've, we've done ISTE numerous times exhibiting, and if we see five music teachers over the four days, it's a miracle. So uh, it's, it's... Well, I,
1: I will say this, I presented at ISTE in Philadelphia last year, I did two sessions there. And uh, one of my sessions was on, um, it was EdTech Bandroom, uh, educational technology in a performance based classroom. And there was about 60, 60 wow. music people there. And I was totally blown away. I mean, it was great to see all those people out there.
0: And uh, it, was a, it was a really good experience. All right, we got to go back. <laughs> Sorry. Uh so so am I hearing right that that you did So you weren't like a tech geek? Uh, it, it was it was. I need a new laptop. I'm going to volunteer for this committee. You get you get. Uh, they say yes. They send you to ISTI, and boom. That, yes. That's, wow. That's it.
1: Because prior to that, I really, I mean, I, I'm in my 22nd year of teaching, and like most music educators. I do to my kids what was done to me yep, and how it was done to me. And so I'd really never even dabbled in educational technology, never really paid any attention to it because I was too worried about, you know, having the trumpets push down first finger for B flat. And, um, but once I started getting into it, it really, and that's, I try to tell this to band to well, band directors and choir teachers. Now, whether we want to believe it or not, our kids are living in, this technology age. And even our band kids are living in it. And for us to really reach them and motivate them and inspire them, we need to kind of embrace some of the technology as well. And so that's what got me started. It was purely by accident. And then I fell in love with it. I went ahead and got all my Google uh, certifications and trainings. And uh, I'm just uh, Started putting my name out there to go present at conferences, and then uh, it's just been it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun.
0: So what what tools? So you met the John and uh, and the folks uh, at Note Flight and the folks at Soundtrap. So you went and got uh, those uh, products. Um, what what other tools are you using, or is it primarily Note Flight and Soundtrap?
1: Well, a lot of uh, while I'm working on a presentation uh, now uh, for a couple of conferences coming up on this very topic. For music educators, we really need to look outside of music-specific things um, and find out how we can use them in our program. Uh, one of the things that's been a uh, just a godsend for me has been Flipgrid, yep. uh, the ability to record the kids and um, provide them feedback, and they do it on their own, uh, when I... and when I was first getting into this, one of my first thoughts was, okay, how can I use technology? What problem am I trying to solve? And the problem was for me assessment. Uh, when you've got a room with 70 to 80 kids in the room and you're doing a, sh- even a short playing test. And by the time they get their horns out and they get settled in and you get warmed up and then you've got the announcements over the intercom interrupting class. By the time you hear each individual kid do their playing test, that's a week of rehearsal time. Yep. And so I needed something to, uh, something that would help me save rehearsal time, but yet still assess the kids. Because I love listening to my kids play individually. That's when you, you see those who are getting it now, who weren't getting it last week. You see those who are, who are really taking off, and you're able to really get into the nuts and bolts of it. And so, um, you know, we're just, I'm looking at as many things as I can not only inside the music world, but non-music specific things. Screencastify has been a wonderful tool. All the kids put them on the Chromebooks, and if they need to record themselves, they can send it to me. Uh, just little things like that that aren't really music specific, but I can use them in my room to solve my problems.
0: Yeah, so for the listeners that are not familiar with uh, Flipgrid, it's, an, it's a, basically a video assessment tool. It's yeah. free. Um, you you can uh, put out an assignment, a, a grid, and the students respond to it by recording video and submitting it, and it's all lives on this one, basically on this one screen, if you will. You you can incidentally embed Flipgrid within the Music First classroom, and we also have our audio recorder. But I I am not surprised at all that you found Flipgrid and that it's working for you because it's our truly extraordinarily easy to use, uh, tool for the kids. It's a big green plus sign. You hit the plus button, right? They click that plus and they record themselves and they submit. I've, I've seen all kinds of YouTube videos and funny things about funny things that kids have submitted, but, and and are you also using Google classroom? We are a Google school. Um, we use Google classroom, um, all the Google tools. Um,
1: it's, um, it's really nice how it all talks to each other. And it's also really nice not to have to carry around a pocket full of flash drives anymore. Oh, that's uh, true. With the Google Drive that's out there, I can have access to um, all of my all of my stuff. And going back to Flipgrid and video-based things, real quick, a lot of there are programs out there that you can record, like Noteflight, you can re- you can put the exercise up, and the kids can record inside Noteflight. But what I want to be able to see also is posture and hand position and embouchure. And that's where the video um, has been great for me. Not I'm not just listening for right notes and good sound, you know, what's what's causing the issue. And sometimes if I can see their, I make the kids position the camera to where I can see their embouchure and their hands so I can give uh, feedback and assessment on that too.
0: Yeah, very, very valuable. Um, so why don't you tell us, I mean, because it's funny, most band directors and choir directors and orchestra directors that I speak to, the typical things that they're using in their band room is something like smart music or our uh, kind of um, alternative, which we love, called Practice First, yes. uh, and Sight Reading Factory, these types of working on skills. So I'd love to hear how you're using Note Flight and Soundtrap specifically with your band kids, because it's... Uh, it, it's a little bit outside the norm, and I'm sure you're doing amazing things with it. Well,
1: I'll start with Soundtrap first. I will say this. My kids love Soundtrap. The younger kids love it more. And what's really, when I, now i have even asked them for feedback. I'm like, why? And they they like it when they're young. But when they say, tell me that when they get older, they want to create their own music. And so my younger kids love Soundtrap. My older kids love Note Flight because they get to write their own music. Interesting. Uh, and so, but what I, what I, in the beginning band, I try to get all the kids' subscriptions to Soundtrap. And one of the first things I started doing is with all beginning band books, they come with those CDs or MP3s that you can download with accompaniments yep. to the tracks. And if I'm, I'm going to go ahead and apologize to all the music publishers who may be listening, those are so hokey. And the kids will use those once or twice and then stop using them because they don't like them. And so with Soundtrap, when the kids do that, I tell them, great, you have all the tools necessary. Go create your own backing track.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: And then so what ends up happening is you can talk about um, rhythm and tempo and how they can adjust the tempo and Soundtrap to meet their playing level. They can't play something so fast, speed the loop down. And then some of the kids will be playing and they'll go, it just doesn't sound right. Well, then I'm able to talk about um, key relations. And I'll say, all right, what piece is this in? And they're like, oh, this was in the key of B flat. Well, all your loops are in the key of D minor. So we, I say, just transpose it, put it in the same key. as. And so the kids are thinking a little bit. They're, it's not as in-depth when it comes to uh, music theory like this, but I can get them at least start thinking about why something doesn't sound right. And so they'll create their own backing tracks and then um, they'll just play along with it. And what's, what that's done is it's kind of tricked them into practicing because they want to play their song with their backing track. And so they'll do it over and over again, or they'll go in and add a new loop and try to change it. And then they have to play, you know uh, I mean, you haven't heard anything until you've heard uh, lightly row. With a dubstep beat behind it, it's amazing.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic, and it really gives the kids a sense of ownership because their little melody is what they're contributing to it. And yes. the, you know, because and you know, the debate is as old as loop based software. You know, are they really composing if they're pulling in other people's loops? But when they're actually recording themselves, I think it gives them a huge, uh, you know, sense of ownership that they're that they're making it. So they're probably more considerate about the loops they choose. Because I don't know about you, but uh, my students, when I was using GarageBand, because Soundtrap wasn't around when I was teaching, um, you know, they, they just bring in whatever loop and 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 pull it, you know, pull everything in, and then decide yeah. whether or not they like it and delete it and start over again. So that's a really innovative, uh, innovative way of using it. Other things that you're doing with Soundtrap, or is that the primary? primary well, that's,
1: that's one of the primary things uh, I know like uh, last year I taught a music technology class it started off to be a general music class but then I was like it's I didn't like teaching it the kids didn't like sitting through it and listening to me talk about uh, dead white guys yep. and playing the music I mean I really tried to pick great music but for what the kids were listening to. They really, and they put up this wall, And so it was really hard for me to reach them. And so I pulled out Soundtrap and we started doing things like um, they would compose, uh, they would create a video game in Sploder, which is an online uh, thing where they can create just like a little Mario game. And then I would have them go through and add, you know, create the music to it, add the sound effects to it. And they would do that and we would go through and re rescore some movie clips and they would add some, and we did podcasting. Um, I had the, I try to tie it in. I try to tie in their projects with other classes. And so yep. they were studying poetry. And so I'm just like, great, bring your poem in that you're looking at or a poem. And they would record themselves speaking the poem, but then add background music that was reflective of the mood of the poem and what the poem was about. Um I had a kid in a science class do a podcast over frog dissection.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: (laughs) And so uh, you know, and I'll I'll pull up some DJ things off YouTube, uh, and some hip hop songs. And I'm like, I showed him a picture of Dr. Dre's studio out of all the tools Dr. Dre had. I'm like, You don't have this extent, but you have everything right there on your Chromebook through soundtrap. Yeah. You can do the fading and the mixing and this. And then so uh we would listen to some hip hop songs and I would try to get them to recreate as close as possible to that song. So they would kind of learn it. And so, but it was, uh, that, that was basically a music tech class, but for band classes, I use Soundtrap as more of a, an enhancer and a motivator.
0: Well, let let me just add something before we move on to no flight that, you know, my, the reason that I started with music tech, I was always a tech geek, but I never added one plus one to bring tech into my music teaching until my, my second job where they said, all right, you're teaching middle school general music, which I, for me as a band director was literally the worst possible (laughs) thing you could do. And I clung to music technology as a life raft. Like, I need to make this exciting for these kids because I was petrified to teach those. I was 22. These kids were, you know, 14, 15 with their hands, you know, their arms crossed. Like, I don't want to learn about Bach. And am like, oh, but Bach's great. And they just, you know, and as soon as I brought tech into it, and even doing Bach with tech, they were into it. It's, um, so I'm really happy to, I have a smile a mile wide listening to you Stephen because we're well.
1: I mean I've taught I've taught high school arts and humanities and in Kentucky everybody has to have a credit in the humanities to graduate high school
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and so I've taught high school arts and humanities I've taught middle school arts and humanities and I really wish I'd have had these tools that are available today back then because it would have saved me so much stress. Because, yep. you know, there's those days that you just wake up and you're just, you want to be happy and you want to get to school and <laughs> you can't wait to see your band, but you're thinking, gosh, I got to sit through this class again. Yep, yep. And if I have to, if, I, if I'm saying that as the teacher,
0: yep, I know the kids are saying And that. absolutely, very, very, very true what you just said. Um, so let's talk. Uh, switch to uh, NoteFlight. I'd love to hear what you're doing with your band students and NoteFlight. All of my kids
1: have the subscriptions, of course, and um, I use the uh, Learn Library uh, like it's oh. going out of style. I uh, can push uh, assignments and exercises out um, to the kids. Um, you know, like here's your, here's your playing test. It's due in two weeks. And I can push it out and they're able to, um, uh, to practice it there if they want to print it out they can print it out Uh, that's up to them Um, i also have the kids write their own playing test and so uh, i did it last year twice um, as a midterm and as a final and i just told the kids i said think of all the notes that you know think of all the different rhythms we've talked about Um, i had the sixth graders write a 16 measure piece and then I had the 7th oh, uh, and 8th graders write a 32 measure piece. And I said, I want you just to sit and compose. Okay, I gave them a blank staff. We went through and I sh- they have looked at all the different menu options that they had on there. And I just had them sit and compose their, their own piece. And I said, no, the only requirement is you've got to be able to play it. Because sometimes kids will get on there and they'll rub their hand up and down the piano and whatever
0: comes out. It looks like out. Scriabin, what they write. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, And I, I looked at some, I'm like, you can't play that. Um, and so... I really had them sit down and really think, uh, try to incorporate as much. And some of the kids were really creative. Some of the things just blew me away um, what they did. And so uh, I'm going to really incorporate more composition because once again, they take ownership of it. Not only do they have to write it and they have to play it. And so um, that was one of the ways um, that I use uh, note flight. Also, I like note flight because if I'm studying a piece of music and band, then I wanna focus on the melody. I think last year it was Kernel's Korean Folk Rhapsody. Mm -hmm. Um, The tubas don't have that melody. The trombones don't have that melody. So I'm able to sit down in five minutes, write that melody out in note flight, and push it out to Google Classroom. Yep. And so uh, the kids now have the opportunity to play the melody. And we can talk about phrasing and intonation and balance while doing a nice unison melody, and what's really cool about No Flight is I only have to do it one time. Um, I thought at first teaching the kids how to transpose would be hard, but the kids live in this technology world; they figure things out quick. They and sure so, do. You know, I, instead of putting out every part there, I'll just type out a treble clef version. I'll send it out, and my t- they all know to hit the to turn off concert pitch, to hit the guitar, to hit the pencil, and to select the horn, and it just transposes it and I've done it one time and not have to do it for every instrument and then on some programs you would have to copy and paste and turn it into a PDF and then yep. paste a gif and it was yep. just it was messed up so the fact that note flight is so easy to use and that's the same thing with soundtrack these programs are easy to learn and you know there's been a couple of times when I, the kids will see me getting frustrated in front of my piano as I'm trying to figure something out in no flight. And I have a kid just walk up and go do this, click, click, click. I'm like, Oh, thanks. And I get mad at the kid. I'll pretend like I'm mad at the kid, but kids live in this world and they work in this world and man, let them take some ownership to it. Let them, let them teach you something.
0: I mean, they
1: have it to teach. We just got to be open to it.
0: Yep. And, and you're echoing what so many of my other guests have said, and I really hope listeners, uh, Who are if you're at all skeptical this is a theme it's right it's what happens and i often found in my teaching that it was the biggest pain in the butt kids that knew the most about me about
1: technology
0: absolutely and 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 it it was my way of connecting with them um and and turning them from like a pain in the butt to like my best friend um you know you know what i'm saying that they can uh they they know this stuff inside and out and 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 I also think they kind of enjoy seeing us out of our comfort zone with the technology because they're, they're actually sympathetic, uh, in a way. We know our subject area inside and out and they know that, but when it comes to tech, I, I I do think it's somewhat endearing to the students that if they see us getting frustrated.
1: Well, I always tell my kids it's okay to fail. That's, that's, that's how you learn. And, um, it's hard for, especially a middle school kid, they're so self-conscious anyway, to uh, put themselves out there. And so I celebrate when I make a mistake and I make sure the kids know that I made a mistake because they know that I'm human too. And we're not perfect. We all mess things up and um, it's, it's what we do about it. And yeah. so they'll see me try to figure it out and they realize,
0: okay, it's okay to mess up. Look at him. He just messed up too. Yeah, that's uh, very, very cool to hear that reinforced, Stephen. Um, So are you using the record function in NoteFlight? I I know you mentioned it earlier, but are students, are they recording them, the the audio and submitting that to you? They can. Um, I try to give the kids as many
1: options um, as possible because basically I just want them to do the assignment. And and if we have kids who uh, may not have decent internet at home or have a hard time, they can come play it live. Uh, but I just want to give them as many choices as they can. Some kids will use the record option in Note Flight because the music goes along with it, and they can see where they're supposed to be, and it really kind of does help with it when it comes to rhythm and tempo. Um, but I don't care as long as they turn in. Uh, they can do it through. They can do it through Flipgrid. They can yeah. do it through Note Flight. They can do it through Screencastify. Yeah. I have kids record it on their phone and just send me um, an MP4 off their phone or whatever. Yeah program yep. but my thing is i don't care how they get it done
0: just get it to me yep now are, are the students in your school is it a one-to-one chromebook program or the, is it is it whatever technology they have access to
1: we are one-to-one chromebooks all right we went that a couple of years ago um we have a rule in our school that we're i'm trying to work on where kids aren't allowed to use their cell phones during the day mm. but there's so many tools out there that are just cell phone based that I want them to use. Um,
0: yeah. Like tonal energy is my yeah. favorite. It's just my absolute favorite app. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it's a shame that it isn't web based. So if they're listening, Hey, let's
1: make oh, no. I've said it. I've, I've said it to them myself, yeah. but I have other kids. I tell my administrators, all the teachers, I said, the first few days of school, the kids are going to have their phones out and I make sure we go through and we put, I um, metronome metronome on there and a tuner. Yep. Uh, and different different apps like that so that you know they may not use their metronome at home and they may not use their tuner at home but at least we've taken away that excuse exactly and so exactly. Uh, uh yeah we're one-to-one chromebooks i'm hoping we can get more of the um uh, the phone cellular device in uh hand working some in the future
0: Wow. And so, last thing on NoteFlight, and I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to uh, the other questions I have for you. You mentioned right at the beginning that you're using the Learn libraries. Are you using the paid libraries, or only the the ones that are included? I'm using the ones that are included. Yep. Um I've looked at the paid libraries,
1: and um, there's some great things in there. And the fact that you have access to all of Hal Leonard's. Um, music because yeah. it's a hell in company is is very intriguing and i'm really looking at it i just can't afford the i think it's five dollars five dollars per kid yeah it's a lot because i know i'm not going to get my money's worth out of it i'm not gonna
0: you're also out. a resourceful guy so you're probably you know creating your own content as well so i but the for for people with no flight uh that use noteflight, please for the love of pete click on the Noteflight flight logo in the top left corner and you'll see a whole menu pop up from the left that a lot of people don't know is there. And then the the fourth or fifth option down from the top says libraries, click on that. And there's like over three 400 pieces of notation already done for you. Yes. Theory exercise, sight reading exercise, composition exercises, uh, repertoire. There's so much good stuff in there. Make sure you click on the NoFlight logo. Well, I like uh, the composition that they do because they, they
1: approach it very simply. Um, and, you know, they'll give you a line of just the note G. Yep. And then the kids can just, with the up and down arrows on the yep. keyboards, move it around. And so for those kids who aren't in band and those kids who aren't in choir, uh, you can address you know i can address uh, composition with them like i say we're not going to be sitting around writing the next masterpiece but you never know you might you might inspire a kid to do something who never thought about it and sometimes it's just as easy as an up arrow and a down arrow and if you don't like what it sounds like make it a different note
0: yeah we i had one of my either my third or fourth guest dear friend dan schultz teaches orchestra in uh in New Jersey and he had a kid you know he, he gave all of his orchestra kids note flight and some kid came over you know in on a Monday he had spent the whole weekend composing a symphony and you know he brings it in and goes here I made this and it's incredible you know it's again it's not Mozart but this this 13 14 year old student had taken probably 12 15 hours of out of his weekend to compose And it's just, you know, even if you get that one kid, it's totally worth it. You know, that one kid that you inspire. And you gotta start somewhere. Um, If you don't ever give it a
1: shot, you don't know. You don't know.
0: Yep, that's true. All right, Steven, I got two more questions for you, been absolutely fabulous conversation. I'm really enjoying it. But, uh, and I I know you've probably got some great uh, sage advice here. So what advice would you give to other music teachers who are thinking of incorporating music tech into their programs?
1: Well, one, it's not as hard. It, it, it can be intimidating, Yep. but it's not. Um, there's, you can be inundated with so much stuff, and you can see so much stuff out there. What I would say, and I try to say this in my, in my sessions, think of a couple of problems that you're trying to solve. Can technology solve them? Um, my biggest problem, like I said earlier, was assessment. Technology has helped me with assessment. It yep. has really, uh, opened things up. The other problem I really wanted to get my kids to do was practice more. Um, I'm not sure how they are up there in New York where you're at, but, uh, your kids are, the kids up there are probably practicing eight hours a day um, Absolutely. <laughs> here, here, it, At the end of the day, I look in the instrument room and my heart weeps. Um, But I I was trying to find a way to motivate them to practice. And so uh, assessment and practice and technology has let me do that. And so I would say find one or two things and start small. Don't think you have to come in um, and set the world on fire tomorrow find one or two things. And another question that I'm always asked is how often do I do these things? Yeah. Well, I don't do them every day. Um, I still have to teach band. I still have to teach all the technical stuff that goes into playing an instrument. And if all I did was technology, then that would suffer. So you find your problems and then just work it in. Work yep. it in. Next, do your next playing test on no flight. Do your next playing test and have them just turn in a Flipgrid um, pull up soundtrap and let the kids create one thing. Um, and then as you learn it and they learn it, they get comfortable with it. You get comfortable with it. Then all of a sudden you start adding something else. So don't, don't try to do too much at once. Otherwise you will get frustrated and you'll want to quit.
0: Yep. And, and, and I, and I always tell people the way I, a lot of people ask me and I'm sure they ask you how, well, how did you learn it? You know how I learned it? I went on YouTube. Like I, I, you know, now again, I, I'm not talking about how I learn music tech, but today, like, you know, if something, if my, I need to change a filter in my refrigerator, you know, before I call the repair person, I go on YouTube and I say, how do you change your filter? And it's the same thing with all, you know, with NoteFlight, with Soundtrap, with Flipgrid, with with any tools, you know, music first. Uh, you you just go, you know, put it in YouTube and say, how do you do this in this tool? And music teachers are the most giving uh, lot on the planet and, th- and some music teacher has probably sat there for two hours doing, <laughs> making a video saying this is how I did this so that I can help other people. Uh, yeah.
1: And, and, and everything, like you said, there is a video on YouTube for everything. Yeah. And you know, the days of getting these thick manuals with the programs are gone. Um, all you got to do is go on YouTube and type it in and somebody's done it. And like you say, giving, I, that's one thing I really love about not only the music community, but the technology community. Uh, it's not teachers pay teachers. It's teachers give teachers Yep. and everybody has been so willing to just share information. Um, and, I, and I'm the same way. Um, you know, if you have a question about something, please, I hope people don't hesitate. Um, to hit me up. I love talking about it. I love helping people, uh, try to get into it. And like I say, if nothing else,
0: go to YouTube. It's on there. It's on there. Yeah. Now, uh, Stephen, you, you mentioned that you're doing some sessions coming up. So this podcast, we're recording it in, uh, early January, but it's going to be, um, uh, posted in early February. Why don't you tell everyone where you're going to be presenting this, uh, upcoming conference season? Well, I'm, Right
1: now, as of right now, I'm scheduled to be at the West Virginia Music Educators in March. Okay. Um, uh, the Pennsylvania Music Educators, I think, is in mid-April yep. uh, up in the Poconos. I'm going to be up there. Um, as far as music conferences, well, I'm also doing the um, International Music Education Summit. The oh, online. Oh yeah! Very cool. I'm, I'm doing, doing a session. Too. Doing a session with them, um, which is a great thing. Um, but right now, those are my only
0: music okay. ones.
1: I'm doing. Um, the, the Kentucky version of ISTE is called KISTE. I'm doing a couple sessions there, but they're non-music related things. And then I'll probably have a couple more uh, just uh, straight up ed tech uh, things over the summer.
0: All right. Well, I, I hope I, I, I will hopefully bump into you at the uh, the PMEA in Pennsylvania. Um, But yeah, um, I absolutely fabulous talking with you. So I I do have my final question, which I ask everybody. And that is, uh, and it doesn't have to be about, I mean, I know that uh, you're not using the Music First classroom, but just tech in general, if you could wave a magic wand, it could be No Flight Soundtrap, and, and, you know, make technology do something that it can't do now, what would it be? Well, first of all, one thing I am
1: going to talk about uh, when it comes to Music First is I am really digging on Practice First and I'm really digging on sight, uh, sight Reading Factory, and those are things that I think I'm gonna be implementing into oh, fabulous. Uh, classes next year, just because I think they, the, the benefit is there, and I think it's gonna fix some problems that I'm looking for. But back to the magic wand. The biggest thing that I would love to happen is to have video incorporated in NoteFlight and video incorporated into uh, Soundtrap. Yep. Um, I've, I've spoken to both groups about it. Um, but whenever I'm trying to like sound trap or something else to try to score a video clip with the kids get their clip, but then they have to take pencil notes and write yep. down, write down ticks when they have to do something, then they have to go back and mix it. And then we have to make another program. But if there's, I mean, video in those things, um, I would really love it in no flight because then the kids could record themselves in no flight and I could still be satisfied with looking at them and checking out hand position. and am as well too, but yeah, you know, right now it's hard and we don't have, we don't have access to garage band on desktops. You can do things like that in garage band. So I'm really hoping that um, the fun folks at, at Soundtrap and Note Flight, will come up with a way. I don't know how that is. I wish no, I could code, I would do it, but I can't. But
0: I, I think you're the 20th person I've talked to, and I think 19 out of 20 have said exactly that. So I, I and, and we we all, you know, uh, I, I'll see John Melenzak next week, uh, and I'm sure you'll you'll see him, uh, you'll see the Soundtrap people. They know, they know that we as music yeah. educators are desperate for this. Specifically, just in case listeners are confused, in Note Flight, you can score a video from YouTube, but what yes. I think, Stephen, you're talking about is actually have the kids record video while they're playing a given musical example. That's right, right?
1: Yes, that's it. I, I just want to be able to see them. Yeah, uh, yeah, You can do the YouTube thing, and I've messed with it some, and I'm going to mess with it some more before I even throw that out to the kids, because I want yeah, to I, cool. I get more comfortable with it before I give it to them. Yeah, I'm talking about just being able to see the kids so yeah. I can comment on the physical aspects of playing.
0: Awesome. Well, Stephen, it's been an absolute delight chatting with you. I could I could chat with you for another half hour at least. But uh, thank you so much for staying late at school and and talking to me. And uh, I I hope our listeners uh, get in touch with you, reach out with questions. Um, really great chatting with you. And and I hope our paths cross really soon. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.